QB Talks acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. Welcome to Tubi Talks, a podcast series celebrating the lives of people and families who tube feed. I'm your host, author, journalist, and tube feeding parent, Melanie Dimmitt. And in this series, I'll be chatting with a vibrant mix of guests about how they go about this little known but no less worthy way of eating. Tubi Talks is brought to you by Intermed Medical, who now supply the full range of Medicina products. I can vouch for these myself as a big fan of their reusable NFIT syringes, which play a starring role in my son Arlo's tube-fed meals. Our next guest is also a young man who tube feeds, and his name is Luke. You're about to hear me visiting Luke and his family in their beautiful, newly built home in Gaimia, a suburb in southern Sydney. Your house always is great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a woman asked my own heart. <laughs> so where's all the stuff? Where are the millions of stuff? Oh, this is awesome. <laughs> okay. So this stuff here is my day-to-day stuff with Luke pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, That's Eliana Joseph, Luke's mum, whose organisational skills would give Mari Kondo a yeah, run for her money. Syringes, giving sets, um, extensions, more of these bottles, and then a bunch of random little bits and pieces. I know who to call if we run out of stuff. <laughs> 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 we probably go me up. I know, right? Things are just as abundant and orderly in the fridge. So this is a tofu blend. Um, I'll grab my recipe. So we just um, we just started seeing a new dietitian not too long ago. She's fantastic. Um, so this is this recipe. So tofu, bread, ABC spread, avocado, olive oil, chickpeas, veggie juice, coconut cream, and a little bit of water. Yeah. So, yeah, that's all calculated for his calories. So he has to have 900 a day, so 300 a meal. Yeah. Um, so I've just been making this up fresh and then just draw it out as we go, but I'm due to make up a new one. So you're very exact with the calories. <laughs> yes, because he, we want him to gain more weight. Okay. He's, not, he's just under 11 kilos. So he's below where they want him to be. Um, so I've got to count everything. When he's sick as well, he loses weight. Yeah. He gets his congestion. He'll vomit. Like even after the cold has gone, he'll vomit for a good two weeks after. Okay. And I'm like, so it's just calories. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's ta- it just takes so long to gain. So easy to lose, so hard to gain. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I count everything. How many hours a day do you think you spend doing all this Ooh. washing up? Blending. Each day, I reckon probably about three hours. Yeah. yeah I think. He does two um, – we do two blends and then I do a formula as well. I haven't okay. given that one up completely because yes. things like he goes to daycare. So I, I send him to daycare with a, with a, um, a formula. We're going to visit Luke's daycare a little later, but first – Let's say a quick hello to Luke's older sister, Leah, before she heads off to school. And how are we? Six. Ah, I have a little girl called Odie who's five. She's nearly six. What kind of things happen when Luke has a meal? What do you see? Uh, a syringe. Ah, what does a syringe do? Um, feed him. Do you ever play with the syringes? 
Boot. No. You've never played with them in the bath? They're pretty fun in the bath. We haven't yeah. tried that one, actually. Oh, do that. <laughs> you need to try. Actually, I probably shouldn't a really wet bathroom. <laughs> but sometimes you do give Luke his water flushes. Do you? You actually do it yourself? Tell me what you do. Squeeze it through the syringe. Do you do it slowly or you do it fast? Slow. That's good. Very good. <laughs> and do you guys have fun while you're doing that? Are you chatting? Are you singing? What are you usually doing? I don't know. Well, you've done it before. Luke's just been playing. Now, to the human water. Remember when we put the extension on? And then I showed you how to do the clip, and you put the syringe on, and then you undo the clip, and then we squeeze nice and slow. Yeah. 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 Do you like being able to help like that? Yeah. Very useful. I need to teach Odie how to do that. I don't quite trust that she won't just push the whole thing in. Oh, well. <laughs> Luke does this sometimes, and then I've caught... He does sometimes, but he does go fast. But then <laughs> if I'm not quick enough, he'll pull it back. <laughs> I bet all the stomach shoes when you get to see something nice. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes out again. I've got to be careful with that one. <laughs> Luke, who you can hear playing in the background, is almost three. And he's had his gastrostomy tube for about a year. Before that, he had a nasogastric tube, which he'd relied on ever since he was born. Eliana tells me her pregnancy with Luke was by the book. But as soon as he arrived, he was struggling to breathe. The doctors couldn't tell us what was happening, they didn't know why, they kept saying he had some kind of obstruction in his airway. Luke had a nasogastric, or NG tube, to help him eat during his time in the NICU. It came with him when he went home. And before long, the family learned that it wouldn't be coming out anytime soon. Okay, that was a rough day. <laughs> it was after his first swallow study. So we'd left the hospital and we were home for a few weeks by then. I can't remember exactly when it was, um, but it was his first swallow study with the bottle. And it was then when they saw that he was aspirating and silently aspirating on everything. And that was when I realised this is bad. (laughs) This is really bad. And um, I had a good cry for a week. I felt terrible, just not myself for a whole week. And then I kind of moved on. (laughs) It's like I got it all out of my system, had a big cry about it and then just accepted it and I was like this is what he needs this is going to stay it's going to be here for a while and I thought let's just deal with it that way and it's our life now and and then I kind of thought as well you know if it wasn't for that tube we wouldn't even have him at all (laughs) so my mind frame shifted yeah (laughs) I love how quick you were to Except, like, yeah. I think you're, you're quite a positive person. You seem to be yeah. very, like, glass yeah. half full. You were clearly on board with it, understood why Luke needed it. Yeah. But what was it like being out in the world with a kid with an NG around other people, other people's opinions, other people's stares? What was that like? It was rough. It was rough. And, yes, I do have a pretty positive attitude and I had – come to accept it but also acceptance takes a while as well even though I had that week where I had a really good cry and I saw the results and I knew how bad it was what was the aspirating and what was going on it still took time and today I still find it hard when people stare but the NG I found it was harder because it was still so fresh 
Um, I was still coming to terms. We didn't have a diagnosis for Luke at that point either. So a lot of people would stare. The one that kind of really stung up my heart was the sympathetic stares, like the, oh, I feel so sorry for you. Like, oh, that poor little baby. It was those stares that, and I know they meant well, like they were smiling while they did it. Like I think they were trying to like acknowledge and just be friend, somewhat like, you know, kind about it but it was that those ones stung they stung my heart and then the ones where they just kept staring they just made me angry because <laughs> I'd be like what <laughs> what are you looking at <laughs> like I've had a bad day like don't try me today <laughs> even though I'd never ever say anything to anyone I'm not that type of person but inside you're like <laughs> you think about all the things you would say if they just said one thing <laughs> But yeah, it was tough. But now with the G tube, we don't get those stares anymore, um, except for when we are feeding in public. Because then it's a bit more like, what is she doing? There's more prep, I find. There's you got to get the blends out, syringe all on the table, roll out your syringe roll. Everything's out in the open. Whereas before the pump, you just quickly like hook it onto the end, pop the pump in the bag, and nothing's going on here. <laughs> yeah. So it's more. Um, visual I suppose in a way and then it's tucked away and then people are like what's that under there what's that <laughs> yeah tell me about the transition from the NG to the G-tube because that's quite a leap that's going yeah. from something that's temporary to something more permanent what was that like honestly at that time it was a real relief um at that time oh yes <laughs> you need a tissue my friend um knows what he needs while Eliana sees to Luke's runny nose, I'll give you an idea of just how unique this little guy is. After 16 months of mystery, Luke's diagnosis revealed itself to be a genetic muscular condition that's so rare, it doesn't even have a name. Luke shares this condition with just a handful of other people in the world, and for him... It shows up in things like dysphagia and hypotonia. As Eliana explains, Luke doesn't actually have any issues with swallowing. It's his swallowing technique that makes things tricky. This is why he needs his feeding tube. I was nervous about the whole button, in the belly, open wound type thing. I thought that I would be quite freaked out by it. Because yeah. <laughs> it is quite visually confronting I suppose when you go and look at it up close especially in those early days too um more so than just the NG straight into the nose um it's not as invasive as an open wound kind of pretty much really yeah yeah Yeah. adding an extra hole exactly that's what freaked me out yes 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 exactly I was a little bit worried about it because it is another scar that he's going to hold on his body as he gets older um but I've spoken to some other mums about that and they're like yes but it will tell his story kind of things so I'm like okay (laughs) I feel a bit better about that Eliana is very well connected with the online tube feeding community which she found her way into after sharing some of Luke's story on her business Instagram account for her handmade baby boutique early on she connected with a fellow tube feeding mum who despite living in another city is now one of her best friends 
I was chatting to my friend about this the other day and we were like, look at us now, look where we've come from. We used to be these scared little mums of these NG babies and no idea what we were doing. And now look at us, here we are, reinserting peg buttons and tubes. So you've done it? I have, I have. How did it go? It was good, it was good, it was fine, it was fine. Um, I never ever did the NG, I couldn't. I couldn't do that one. They tried to train me um, and I was just like, no. Mm-mm, no way. But some of my friends could do it and I was like, you are a superstar. Like, look at you go. These days, while Luke slowly builds up his oral eating, his feeding tube comes out and about on his family's daily adventures. Some of which Eliana shares on her other Instagram account, the Tubey Mom. First stop is the gym, which is the one thing that I really love to do and keeps me sane. We quickly finish off that last breakfast syringe and a flush before we head into therapy. After therapy, we walk down to the park to have a picnic by the sea. If you have a little one who is tube fed, these backpacks by Tubey Fun are an absolute lifesaver. I took this opportunity to have two minutes of rest, but all my toddler saw was that I was a playground, so I walked them over to the real one instead. Time for a flush before finishing strong with an ice cream. I am just doing stuff on my own personal page, just because I like to do it. And also because I like the messages that come through of the mums who go, that's just like my kid or even some of the ones as well. It's like, oh, I love reading what you've said. It makes me feel less alone. And those ones I really, really love to read because I think feeling alone in motherhood alone, just standard motherhood (laughs) is hard enough. But to be thrown into a completely different world and still feel alone is even harder. And I just remember back to when this was all so, so new to me um, and you're trying to take in the doctor's perspectives and what they're saying. And you're like, what are you talking about? I've got no idea what you're even saying. <laughs> it's just such an overwhelming world. So to think that we can relate and connect with others that are also going through it and ask different questions too, um, or even learn tips and hacks on how to make your life easier is just amazing. <laughs> so I like to share what I've done. And I also like to see what other people are doing too. Yes. <laughs> So I love that you are still going out, living life, doing things yeah. while tube feeding because I know a lot of days I'm like, screw it, it's just easier. He can eat at home. Oh, yeah. And then we'll go. Why do you, you know, put in that effort and go out and tube feed in public? Yeah. Well, I think if we didn't, we he would just miss out on so many things, so many opportunities. And we've got Leah as well. So I don't want to be that type of mum to her as well, who says, we can't go and do that because we've got to do this for Luke first. Like, I feel like she is already not missed out so much, but she has so much patience and there's so much, so many times I've said to her, I can't do this with you right now because I have to do this for Luke first. And she understands it so much, but I don't want it to be another thing, you know? And so I want to get out there and do things as a family and just incorporate it as well and make it normal for him too because why should he have to sit at home and have all of his meals in secret at home? Why can't we go out to a restaurant too in front of everybody else like we do um, and enjoy those times together? When you're at restaurants, it's really awkward when you're like, oh, no, he doesn't need a menu. Oh. How do you navigate that? Oh, I'm still working that one out because – I don't feel like I owe anyone an answer either. And I don't have to tell them his whole entire life story. <laughs> Cause oh, God. oh my gosh, I know. Right. And then 
I don't want to do that. I can't be bothered. And they don't need to know. They don't say that. No one has ever said anything, but I still feel like really awkward inside. Cause I'm like, do they think I'm not giving him anything? Or, or like there'll be times where he'll want a hot chip and he can't have hot chips, but he, he would love a hot chip. And there's times I'm like, no, you can't have that hot chip. And I'm like, I hope nobody thinks I'm like the horrible mother who won't let my poor little boy have a hot chip. <laughs> Like if only you knew. Um, But, yeah, I am still kind of navigating that. Um, But I think you've just got to keep it simple and just accept that you don't have to give everyone an answer. You don't have to explain it. And whatever they go off and think to themselves is that's that's on them, I think. (laughs) We take a drive to Makari Child Care Centre where Luke is just one of several young kids who tube feed. So I've got two in my room and we have two in the room up to us, but um, recently one of them's had their tube removed and another one has actually stopped their feeds as of this week. Right. Which is pretty exciting for so them. seeing the full journey. Yes, yeah. That's one of Luke's educators, Laura, who was trained how to tube feed a few years ago when she started working at this centre. Yeah, so I actually had no idea about any anything really until I started working here like about all these different disabilities and stuff and I was just so amazed by I started I think it was like one of my first shifts I worked here I'm like what is that and I was like so amazed and then I think it was like two weeks later they put me into training and next day I was doing it so is this a daycare that's known to be inclusive yes yeah they make a point of it yes we do is that typical for daycares I don't think so no no no, so this is the only one that I have known about um, and I only came across this centre because my friends, their little boy was actually tube fed and they put him in here and then I discovered the centre and then I got a job here. Yeah. And what was it like when Luke started here? Do you remember? <sighs> I was so excited to meet him. <laughs> actually, I remember meeting you first way. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to meet this little boy. Um, he was just, he blew us away. Like, honestly, um, he was just amazing. Absolutely amazing little trooper. And what did meal times look like for him here? Um, so in the beginning, um, we kind of like eased him into it. So um, the kids would obviously sit down and have their meals. And with him, we would kind of put him on the mat next to that so he could then slowly understand it all. Um, but probably in like the last month or so, he now like sits at the table with his friends. He gets his purees. Whether he wants to eat them or not, we give him the option, what one he wants, and he'll sit there. But he's started to like really like engage and talk with the kids, like in his own linguistics, and they engage back. Like that's the another amazing thing about here is that the kids are so understanding because they're exposed to it, whereas other kids aren't. And like they just have this connection, and it is so amazing. Um, so yeah, look, we'll sit there. He'll chat with the kids, maybe sip on his yogurt, maybe not. And then um, towards the end, like, you know, we'll be like, all right, Luke, would you like your milk now? And usually he's like, yeah. Or sometimes he's like, no, like <laughs> the other day I tried giving it to him three times and he just kept pushing it away. I'm like, okay, you're not ready. I'm like, all right, well, someone else try maybe. So, yeah, but yeah, so he's pretty much like every other kid. He still joins in at meal times, has his little chat and yeah. And all the kids are understanding as well. They're like, oh, it's Luke's milk. And, like, they all understand it. Like, like I said, we've got, like, another little kid that's peg-fed in the room as well. And they're like, oh, he's having his milk. And it's like, yeah. And sometimes they question it. They're like, why does he get that? And we just explain, you know, well, he doesn't eat like you, so he gets his milk in a special way so we can make sure he gets his nutrients so he can grow and all that. So, yeah. yeah. And so we gets to see this other child 
feeds? Yeah. What's the interaction like between the two of them? They have started to make that connection. So I remember one time I was feeding the little boy because we do gravity feeds with him, whereas Luke's all on the pump. And um, Luke was coming over and he was looking at it. And I'm like, look, he has the same as you. And he, Luke actually pulled up his shirt and he's like, I'm like, yeah, same. And he's pointing to it. And it's just, yeah. And I'm just like, you get your milk through here and this other kid gets it through here. So making that connection as well. And like, he has honestly stolen all of our hearts. Like we come in, we're like, oh, Luke's here. And like our days just get better with him around it. And you just, you never know what your day is going to be like or what he's going to come out with. And just in other ways that he's growing and developing, like he's still amazing us every day with just everything that he does. Luke has a lot of admirers like Laura and his friends at daycare. And then there's this super fan. My name is Kerry Joseph and Luke is my grandson. I know that Luke was born with, you know, a lot of medical things going on and he did have an NG and feeding tube for a while. But how did you feel once you learned that tube feeding was going to become a more permanent part of Luke's life? Uh, I was quite daunted by the whole thing. Um, and I think we didn't get that diagnosis for such a while that we really didn't know what was happening for a long time. but. Um, yeah, I, I was I was quite daunted, but I wanted to be part of his life and help my my son and daughter-in-law out. Um, and I just recently retired at, as he was born, so I was up for anything that needed to be done. She really was. Kerry learned how to tube feed Luke so she could take some of the pressure off Eliana and Michael, Kerry's son, who you'll meet later. And what are your memories from the process of learning how to tube feed Luke? Um, I think at first I was really quite nervous that I'd do something wrong um, and also um, I didn't want to overstep my mark um, with with Ellie. I mean, it's my, it's my son and, you know, a daughter-in-law thing. But Ellie was amazing. She was just so encouraging and, yeah, and I've had some, you know, things where things have not quite gone to plan, so I just give her a text and say, oh, you know, the machine's reading this. Or have I pushed the wrong button? So she would just say, "No, no, it's all fine." And she never got all upset and said, "Oh my God, why? You know, you know, what have you done or anything?" She said, "Don't worry, it's all okay." So she was amazingly patient with me. She always made me feel confident that I could do it. If I could choose a daughter-in-law, I would choose her. She's oh, a beautiful, she's beautiful. Person. She is beautiful. She yeah. is just a lovely, lovely person. Yeah, it's, it's been it's been an interesting journey that's for sure sometimes it's one step forward and two back and I think that's when I get upset because I know they work so hard both of them um, to look after him and then when something there's a setback I think that really you know really affects me as well because I feel I feel bad that you know they've had to deal with that but yeah yeah so. I think Luke it probably helps that you have such a beautiful little grandson we find oh, you know we gorgeous. look at Arlo oh. and sort of everything's okay no matter what's going on we're exactly. like well, he's happy he's, yeah. yeah he's absolutely delightful very resilient um just very sweet nature and he just happens to like his nana quite a bit <laughs> I <think laughs> I but I do spend a lot of time I'll sit with him and play and you know I just um I'm so drawn to him you know he's actually been a blessing He's actually been a blessing in our family. Um, that's how I see it anyway. I'm sure you do see with your son as well. 100%, 100%. And, uh, you know, my parents, my partner's parents feel the same. But I love that you've gone 
you know, the extra mile. It would have been scary doing it, it at was. first. It was. I love that you offer this incredible family support. Yeah. yeah. For them, what advice do you have for other grandparents who have a grandchild who's new to tube feeding? Well, I think you just really have to overcome your fears of it um, and, and you have to embrace it and it, it just helps everyone out. So if, you know, Michael and I want to go out for a meal, they know that um, I can look after him and I just want to be that backstop for them. Um, yes, I think you have to embrace it and you have to um, be confident that you can do it and it comes back, you know, you come back in twofold, the the joy that you have. To be involved, I couldn't just sit and not be involved with with my grandchildren and Luke's no different. Just because he's too fed, it doesn't mean that I, I, I can't be involved. I mean, I'll sit and give Leah something to eat and we'll, we'll you know, she'll eat something. What What's the difference from doing the same thing with Luke. So it's, I think it's really important um, to be involved and overcome your fears and just, just do it. <laughs> when my mum was taught, you know, she was nervous and, and it is, it's a big thing, like trying to, you know, connect things, do pumps and all that sort of stuff. And I remember when we were in hospital, we had no idea what we were doing to now where it's just, a, you just don't even think about it. It's just like, oh, Luke needs his feed. Instead of a packet of chips, he gets in a thing and, and has his feet. It's just, it's quite normal for us in this house now. That's Michael, Luke's dad, who's very conveniently working from home when I stop by. Sorry, I know you're working. Are no, we- no, that's all right. That's all right. I've got time. What advice do you have to parents who are brand new to tube feeding a kid, thinking, I'm never going to get my head around this, this is really terrifying, this is the end of the world, what advice do you have for those parents? Yeah, it's just, it's just, you've just got to stick with it, I think. And you've just got to, first of all, you've got to accept it. If you don't accept it and, and you push back on it, it's, it's going to be a pretty miserable life because you're constantly going to be wanting your child to do something and be something that they're not. So you've got to accept that. That's the first thing. And then once you accept it, it's just, I mean, I still stuff up the feed sometimes because I don't do them that often. Your latest recent one. What was that? Oh, that's that's not really a big mistake though. So put it back up. <laughs> I think there's been yeah, there's been a few where like yeah there've been there've been like a few where you just like you take it out and it doesn't click properly and then everything just goes um, from the tube just like floats out all over the floor and all that yeah, sort of stuff. And, yeah, yeah. So there's a couple of couple of things like that. But look, nothing nothing terrible. I wouldn't think. Yeah, nothing too terrible. No, nothing too terrible. No, no, well, no, this place no. isn't allowed to get dirty, so. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, no. 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 <laughs> Huge thanks to Eliana, Michael, Luke and Leah for having me in their beautiful home and for sharing some of their story. You're listening to Tubi Talks, a celebration of people and families who tube feed. This podcast is brought to you by the team at Intermed Medical and me, Melanie Dimmer. You can find links to Eliana's social accounts in the show notes and don't miss her interview in issue two of the Blend Tube Feeding magazine, which I've also linked. Thank you for listening and I'll catch you again soon for the next episode of Tubi Talks.